Welcome to Spoilers Please, where we have discussions involving any form of media that tells stories, usually TV shows or movies, and we'll do so with spoilers. You've been warned. Hello, my name is Albert. This is Johnny. Uh, before we start the episode, I'd like to apologize for the fact that we didn't have an episode last week. Uh, if you don't follow us on the Who at Worst Why Facebook page, uh, I mentioned why. But, but yeah. It was my fault, right? Cause, cause, oh, it was completely Javik's fault. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I just want to f- point out it's not my fault. I wasn't scheduled to review anything, so it wasn't me. It wasn't on me, man. I, w- I do not apologize. I apologize for nothing. Yeah, but for this episode, uh, we are going to be talking about the 2017 version of It. Mm-hmm. They don't call it Stephen King's It because apparently if you Google Stephen King's It, uh, the, his penis the, shows up. Then the 1990s version pops up. Are you sure? I, I will Google it right now. I think, oh, look, his junk pops up. <laughs> Stephen uh, King's uh, It. It. Ah. Stephen King's ah. It. <laughs> <laughs> his penis. Uh-huh. Ah, it's a penis shift. But yeah. All right. So, uh, first off, I think I think I like to mention the, all the accolades that the movie has made so far because mm-hmm. it's actually a pretty impressive list. Okay. Uh, it scored the biggest opening ever for a September October release. 117. Yeah, 117, 117.2. And then they said the, uh, the one right under that, if you adjust for inflation, is uh, Scary Movie 3. And by inflation's uh, sake, it's 71 million. Wait, Scary Movie 3? Yeah, this is, this is an R-rated opening for a horror movie. Wait, isn't that the comedy? Isn't yeah. That? Okay, it, right. uh, Scary Movie 3 came out in uh, 20, 2003, uh, f- earning 49 million, or $71 million in inflation. Scary Movie? Really? Scary Movie 3. But it's a comedy, though. That's what I'm saying. Yes. It's what I'm saying. Yes. It's what, it's what I'm saying. It's, it's the facts I'm laying down, so that doesn't really count. But anyway, okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, for, like I said, the biggest opening ever for a September-October release. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought Jeez. it meant horror. I wasn't paying attention. Okay. Now, speaking of horror, it has the biggest opening weekend ever for an R-rated horror movie. Yes. You know, and uh, the closest to that is, uh, which actually this isn't really, <laughs> this isn't really horror, but Phantom Menace or whatever. Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Hannibal made 58 million debut way back in 2001, and now they're comparing to other R-rated movies. But I guess we don't really count that, do we? Yeah. It scored the biggest single-day gross over for an R-rated movie. Like and 51 million dollars for Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think Matrix Reloaded was the previous one, mm-hmm. uh, at 45.6, or was it The Passion of Christ at 47 million dollars? Yeah, but that those numbers are are. are uh are not exactly 100% accurate, not just because of inflation, but because right now, because back in the day, they used to, when it opened, it opened Thursday, what, midnight, you know, that thing? And it only had that midnight It show. only had that midnight show. But yeah. now they're rolling it to like 7 o'clock now. That's, well, what you're saying is that the, the, the three or four screenings they have on Thursday night Counts. would have carried over on Friday right. that's what for they, in the old days. That's so. how they, yeah, that's how they do it. And that's how they do it. And there's more showings now because, yeah. like I said, they start at 7 o'clock. And that's when I watched it. I watched it Thursday night, 7 o'clock. To me, that's the official opening day. Yep. It's, it's Thursday Agreed. night, 7 o'clock. Come on. Agreed. Stop. Stop it. Stop okay. it. It scored the biggest non-holiday long weekend R-rated debut in a long time. Mm-hmm. I believe, once again, uh, Matrix Reloaded, Passion of Christ, or sure. once again mentioned... It's a big... It's a juggernaut. Uh, Deadpool made like $132 million on opening weekend for R-rated. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a, it, it's a big movie. It's a juggernaut. Yeah. The, it is already the <coughs> biggest Stephen King horror movie of all time. I think that's without, you know, without any surprise, really. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it is the cheapest movie ever to top $100 million in its debut weekend. It had a budget of $35 million, know, Which is incredible. It is pretty incredible, yeah. 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 And then the, the previous winner was Twilight Saga, New Moon. <laughs> oh, because that, that was only made for like five bucks, right? $50 million. That Close, five. You got the five number right. $50 million mm-hmm. for Twilight Saga. But uh, let's see. Uh, Paranormal Activity 3, uh, I guess you can count that, but it still made more than that if you, if you go by you know, money. 
Uh, where does it go from here? Um, right now, the, the biggest moneymaker in terms of horror movies is The Exorcist, which I believe unadjusted, it was like $232 million. I should build past that. Yeah, I think it'll go past that. I think it tops out at maybe three. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, adjusted gross is nine hundred and fifty-six million. I'm sorry, how much? Nine hundred fifty-six million. Oh, exactly. It's like, yeah, right. I take adjust, it back. Yeah, it's like it's like. Wow, it's like inflation is really crazy, man. What the, what the <laughs> hell? Well, I'm sure, I'm sure that's an opening in Zimbabwe back in the day. What's going on there? It's now, a lot of inflation. By by comparison, Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part Two mm-hmm. had a hundred and sixty-nine million dollar opening weekend, yeah. and that one went up went up to go to three hundred eighty-one million. I mean, this, is a, this is a random question, but how? Much of inflation do you factor in when you think of blockbuster? I think, me personally, anything like past maybe eight to ten years, I really don't really count it. You know what I mean? Right. Or I, you know what I mean? I just anything within like eight to ten years, I'll keep. I'll keep the number. You know what I mean? Whatever the number is versus right now. You know. So anyway. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Yeah. Anyway, it made a lot of money. It's a big hit. It's a big hit. It's a big hit. Now the other debate that a lot of people are talking about over the weekend is, uh, was it scary? So, Jamie, was it scary for I you? I don't know if it was scary, like, oh, like I'm going to cry or like I'm running out of the theater. But I thought it was very atmospheric. I thought it was tense. Most than most anything else, it was tense. You know what I mean? And, yeah, that's, that's the biggest overall feeling I had as far as, like, this, the, the visceral reaction. It, it was just very tense and it was very well-made. Right. I, I, would, I would describe it as it has a lot of well-made scary scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the premise is really scary, mm-hmm. but I wasn't scared. You know, it was more thrilling than scary. Mm-hmm. And I, and I actually kind of like that kind of kind of balance. You know, yeah. it's able to like if you really think about each set pieces, they're hella scary, yeah, right? Really and well. if you flash back to what you were scared of as a kid, it's hella scary. Yeah. But as an adult watching this, you can kind of see where it's going with it, and you kind of just admire the craftsmanship of the set pieces and how they're trying to scare you. Even though for me, it did achieve the scare factor, but I recognize, oh yeah, this is this is considered scary. Yeah, you know. I don't know. I don't know if, if it being not scary or what level of scariness, which uh, relates to the overall quality of the movie. I mean, it's just a really well-made movie. It's really, really good, man. You mentioned the the budget was like thirty-five million dollars. When I left the theater, I didn't know what the budget was. I thought it'd be like maybe eighty, ninety, but no, it's only a thirty-five million dollar movie, and it's it looks fantastic for that budget. It's really well done. And do you know who the cinematographer is? No, it's the same. It's a Korean dude. He's the guy who did Handmaid last year, and oh. he, has, he has a lot of. Uh, oh, that makes sense then. Yeah, yeah he has a yeah. lot of IMDb uh, credits to himself and, he, and stuff like that. He, but his most recent work was Handmaid, and it's fantastic. It, the co- I don't know who did the costuming. I don't know who did the art, the, the set decorations, but they should all all get. Oscar nomination, man. It's, it looks fantastic. It's a great-looking movie. That's kind of interesting because there was a comment I saw where he said that there's some Asian influence in the movie. And, like, in what sense? Maybe what they're referring to is what you just said right there, mm-hmm. the, way, yeah. the, way, the way it's shot. And just going back to whether it's scary or not, it's, what it does really well is it, it, the director just didn't sort of rely on jump scares where he just where you know the yeah. character turns around and says, "Oh my god, the guy's there." Although it is, he there. does that. He does that, but does what that, he does yeah. is he edits various. He he edits into other scary movies. You think it's just one thing, and then as into something else, and then you have he. It looks like he's doing not. He's not doing a lot of CGI too. It doesn't look like. It looks like he's doing a lot of practical. Well, yes, he is. I don't. I think he's doing practical, but then he adds CGI on top of it. You know what I mean? The only CGI thing that I really thought was the was the acid on the ground, but everything else I thought. He, he's doing different things. I, it, it seems like it's practical stuff, but he built CG on top of it. You know what I mean? It doesn't look very fake or artificial. And it's not another thing cool about it is it's not very gory. 
You know what I mean? It's not like you see it. It's not oh, like although the, it exists. It's not a lot, though. I don't think it is. It's more, I think it's one of the things that you think is a lot, but there really he isn't. He ate the kid's arm off. He, he ate the kid's arm that's off. That's technically a bloody gory scene. But that's a CGI arm. He could have made that much gory. If you look at the way they do Saw and those movies. Are you sure that's a CGI arm? It could just be a fake arm. Yeah. I mean, he I is think, wearing a raincoat. For I mean, sakes. look at, look at the, I'm talking about the, the mouth that actually ate the arm. Oh, that's CG. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking, like I said, I don't think it's that gory. This, this, the other most gory scene besides the arm thing is the one where the, the, the monster's on top of the kid with his, uh, his face eating the, the kid, right? And that, oh, you mean me? the painting thing? Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, in the sewer. By the yeah, yeah, the painting, yeah, yeah, the painting, the yeah. painting lady, the painting lady. And to me, it wasn't really that gory though. Like I said, it, whatever shock, whatever, it doesn't based on gore or limbs falling apart. It's it's just really well done. Well, a limb did fall apart. The kid yeah. in the beginning. Come on. Yeah, please. That wasn't that wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> but it, yeah. it, compared compared that to like uh, like a PG thirteen movie, you wouldn't be seeing that. Now, yeah. that's automatically an R right there. Mm-hmm. And the, the, I think the scariest thing for me was the one that involved no blood or anything. It's the one in the garage where the, the what do you call that? It's, uh, oh, the projector thing? The projector thing, malfunctioning, and yeah. then the, Pennywise coming out of the projector and being yeah. into the room and that stuff like that. That is a well-made scene. That yeah. is a fantastic scene. Yeah. It's a classically made scene and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. A lot of the set pieces for the scare factor is actually really good. You can kind of... I really do admire the setup, you know. Yeah. Uh, just just a simple thing where Mike was looking at the door with all those hands coming out. Mm-hmm. You know that is yeah. that is freaky. Yeah. You know, and then it opens up and you see it behind the mm-hmm. behind the plexi curtain or whatever, and yeah. then you see his eyes close. That's that is freaky. Yeah. It didn't scare me. It didn't traumatize me. But I recognize if I was like a nine year old kid watching this, that's gonna give me nightmares. Yeah. It's very unsettling in the sense that, and what's really unsettling is it feels like these kids are. Are trapped in this town with Pennywise. You know what I mean? There's a, you know, sometimes you in these movies, you you go, why don't they just talk to the adults? Why don't they just leave and stuff like that? But the director was able to create a sense of this town was after them. You know what I mean? Not just and, and it's the town was a projection of of Pennywise. People have pointed out, you know, the, the scene where the fat kids gets carved up. The, the car leaves, right? There's adults who you think might help them and stuff, but the right. car is possessed by Pennywise, the balloon. There's a scene where the fat kids in the in the in the library. He's reading about the history of the town and all the things that happened. And when he opens that book, you see in the background, an old lady looks at him, looks at the camera. And it's it's demonic. It's she's she, it's it's Pennywise. It's, she has that Pennywise smile. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, check it, check it out. It, it's it's in there. The same thing where you find when you find out the kid from Stranger Things. What's his character's name? Uh, well, I don't know. Oh, it's uh, Richie. Got, yeah, Richie. He when they went around and asked what everybody's fear was, he he said, "Oh, I, I, I'm scared of clowns." And he turns he turns around and there's a clown in the background because they're part of the Fourth Fourth of July parade. And that and when he does that, the clown looks up at him. You know, in a, in a moment like, oh, I think that's Pennywise. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, I think, speaking of which, was that the actor who plays Pennywise? I think so, yeah. Okay. I saw a YouTube video saying they think that's the guy who played Pennywise. And these are just like, and you can go on and on about the, the adults in, in this in this, in this this movie that, that are just basically demonic and possessed. You know, the pharmacist who wants to, who wants to bang the 13-year-old girl, the right, father, right. obviously, and stuff yeah. like that. Just endless examples of, of adults, you know, you walk about the adult in the beginning. There's a big giant rainstorm. You see a little kid, uh, you know, ch- running around, and the old grandmother doesn't say anything. It's kind of uh, uh, it's like, yeah. well, not only that, but I mean, the the, the grandma sees like there's blood there yeah. where she no- normally saw a yeah. kid there. She didn't, you know, I'm sure she put two and two together, yeah. but she didn't do anything. And they make it a, a point to point out the fact that the what's what's the main character's name? Uh, Mikey. Is it Mikey? Bill. 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 Bill and Georgie. Uh, you see her. Uh, 
their their father, but you don't see the mother for some, you know, for uh, for reasons, you know, to create again a sense of of of, of distance between the kids and 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 the adults and, adults. and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it is pretty much like you, you got to think back. I know we're adults here, but you got to think back when you were a kid. The adults were weren't always your friend. Yeah, they were always seen as the people on the other side. That does, that isn't always there for your benefit. Yeah, you know. So the, the movie kind of reflects that. I think it was very done. It was done in a very subtle way. I believe mm-hmm. the. Uh, the 1990s version was a little bit more blunt about that, mm-hmm. but but this one, because I mean I believe in that version, uh, they actually literally said we can't trust anybody yeah. because because the whole town is possessed by Pennywise or something yeah. like that. But in this one, it's pretty much left to your own deduction that that hey the, the town itself is possessed yeah. by Pennywise. Yeah, this one is this one really does feel like an uh, allegory and stuff like that, and the allegory with the message being you know this is a coming of age story where the kids right. realize they're they're on their own basically. It's them against the world and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And it's not just Pennywise, this alien, this demonic thing, but it's them growing. It's an allegory for us growing up into adulthood and realizing you're your own hero. You know what I mean? And you have to find allies and friends. To, to to survive in this world, basically. Right, and you have to face your fears. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I, think, I think that's the most basic one, is you have to face your fears. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is just on top of that. Right, face your fears, conquer your fears. You have to get allies in, in, in this process and stuff like that. It's a really good movie. It's really well done. And I, I just want to mention, uh, the kids are 100% rock stars. They're awesome in this movie. They're, they are. They are. They are fantastic. They find the perfect note for their characters, and they deliver it, man. The Conjure... The contra- what do you call it? Oh, this thing we, uh, uh, germaphobe, hypochondriac. The hypochondriac. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic in it and Eddie, stuff like that. Yeah, all the kid from Book of Henry, where I didn't like it in that movie. He's great in this movie. Yeah. He's uh, he's, a, he's a good child actor. I mean, yeah. he's been in other stuff besides Book of Henry, and he's proven to be a really good child he's actor. Really yeah. good. The Amy Adams clone is really good. Amy Adams like, clone. She looks just like Amy Adams. You mean the girl? Yeah, the girl. She looks just like Amy Adams, man. I thought they cloned Amy Adams and and and, and had her star in this movie. She are are you like pitching Amy that Amy Adams should play the older I version? Think she should. It's either her <laughs> or, or uh, it's either her or Jessica Chastain. Those are only Ooh, two. Red- Jessica Chastain, I think, is closer to her. Those are the only two redheads yeah. that, that make sense to me and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, Julianne Moore's a little uh, uh, a little over it. Well, I mean, that. okay, if we're gonna jump the gun here uh, with the whole chapter one, chapter mm-hmm. two thing, um, the, the twenty-seven years. First off, oddly enough, the, the previous adaptation was set in 1990. Mm-hmm. 27 years yeah. later, it is mm-hmm. 2017. Yeah. Right? So uh, in the terms of the characters' ages, 27, uh, 27 years later, they're going to be late 30s. Yeah. And oh, by the way, sorry, I, uh, this is another tangent. I really like the fact that they move forward, they move forward the timeline from the book. The book takes place in the 80s, so the, the child No, the book th- takes place in the 50s. 50s and 80s. Right, that's what I'm saying. The book, uh, what do you call it? It, flashes, it takes place in the 80s, present time. But the, right, the, right. the main story, the kids' story, takes place in the 50s. And they move that timeline ahead, which is really touching for me because all the 80s, late 80s, I'm exactly the same age as these kids. Right, you know what I mean? right. I'm, they're 12, 13. I was 12, 13 in 89. I'm the same age as them now. You know what I mean? When, they, when the sequel will happen, they'll be, there, they'll be like 39, 40 and stuff like that. So I think yeah. it's great. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. I kind of do like the, the switches to the 80s. I know, I know a lot of people are going, hey, it's kind of like Stranger Things. Um, really well, not. yeah, sure, sure. But I mean, Stranger Things is also kind of like an homage to that era anyway. And that era is kind of timeless, and this is kind of what that is. But if for people who haven't seen Stranger Things, if you like what you saw in it, go watch Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the other, the other stuff about the, about the movie that I really like, uh, like you said, the, the kids are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the town setup is fantastic. The scary scenes... The set pieces are fantastic. Now we got to address um, the elephant in the room, which is what everybody was talking about before the movie came out, 
is uh, Bill Skarsgård mm-hmm. as Pennywise. He's fantastic. He's great. I thought he's really good. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, I know a lot yeah. of people said you can't top Tim Curry, mm-hmm. and in many ways you really can't top Tim Curry because. Yeah. But I think I think he did it differently enough. Yeah. Uh, Tim Curry had a more subtle scariness because mm-hmm. his clown makeup looks like a clown. You yeah. know, there's no overtly like I'm a scary clown thing for Tim Curry, which is nice. I kind of like that. I kind of appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just the way that that, that Pennywise acts by uh, Tim, Tim Curry is just kind of creepy and scary. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bill Skarsgård is just freaking just like, I'm a scary clown. And I know people can say, oh, that's not, that's not, that's not so in your face. I actually liked it. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, the, the, thing, the way I look at it is uh, two parts. So the first part is the, the part itself, Pennywise, is sort of like, I don't know, James Bond or Batman, stuff like that. To me, it's one of those things where if it exists in a previous incarnation, I'm talking about like the books and stuff like that. If there's like a history to it, that means other, to me, that means other actors could come in and kind of reinterpret and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like I said, James book was James Bond was a book. Spider-Man, Batman exists in a comic book. So other actors could come in and interpret those characters. And I, that's how I view Pennywise, you know what I mean? They come in, they have their own interpretation. And to me, Tim Curry, my second point is Tim Curry did like a performance kind of a thing. You know what I mean? He's a very theatrical, you know, uh, I'm sure he's a theater guy. You know what I mean? Right. But what Bill Sarsgaard decided to do was kind of more of an alien kind of a thing. You know what I mean? It's, yep. It's this alien pretending to be a clown to try and lure these kids, scare these kids. Because there are moments where he kind of pauses and has a dead stare and stuff like yes. that. Yes. And he's pausing <laughs> and he's like, what? He's like the aliens going like he's, he's he, the aliens computing in his head like what what would a kid want to uh, would want to to hear do you know what I mean There's a moment where he sees George and he says I'm Pennywise uh, that's my name you know now we're not we're not strangers anymore you can trust me you know what I mean It's really effective and obviously because of the budget because of the movie because of technology now. He, his performance, his performance is, is enhanced by the the CG the camera the lighting and all that stuff so. It, it's fantastic. It's it's terrific. It's just great. It's just the, great. The first thing that really caught my attention with, with his version is the eyes. Yeah. The contacts they made him use where his eyes are kind of like askewed. No, did you hear the back backstory? Oh, no, go ahead. What happened was the director was talking to him about, hey, listen, I have this thing where I want the eyes to look in different directions. And he said, and Bill says, and he, the director was like, oh, we'll, we'll do that in post, by the way. And the, the actor says, you know what? No, no, I can do that. I can, I can actually do that. Seriously? Yeah, he did it. He did it on camera. And then the director's like, great. Save me money, man. Great. So, yeah, that's him naturally kind of like doing that. Oh, that my thing. gosh. It's fantastic. It's just fantastic. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a very unsettling look. Yes. It's a, and, and it's really effective. Yeah, it's... Good job, Bill. It's really good, man. With the whole, and the head is bigger than what it was with the shaved head's bigger. You see all the cracks and stuff like that, and the costuming and stuff like that. I like, like speaking of like uh, an example of what I said uh, as far as like practical effects. I think there's scenes where he walks towards the character, and I think they're editing editing out certain. Uh, you know, what I mean? it's like it's not like every. Like it's like little f- frames of films removed and stuff like that. So he's moving in a, a natural way too. It's just, it's just fantastic. It's really great, is what I'm saying. It's it's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So a lot of people who were concerned. I think uh, um, Annette O'Toole, who played the older Bev in the 1990 version, she was against a remake because, and her point was Tim Curry. Like you can't replace Tim Curry, you kind of yeah. thing. And I think I think this movie proves you could. That is or not, adds to it. I that think. is not a good argument. You know what I mean? Because if you look, because I remember seeing it as a little kid, and I kind of I look back on it on YouTube clips. It does not hold up. The only thing that holds no, up, not. the only thing that holds up is Tim Curry. And like I said, I've mentioned before in my previous thing, if it's a character that kind of exists before an actor, like in a book or play, you can continue it. People play Hamlet all the time. The ones I have exceptions on are are like uh, Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones. 
Because that's the only person who's ever played it. You know what I mean? That's the only interpretation of it. It's either that or wait 30 years and then recast it. Everybody's gone. Yeah, Yeah. everybody who's seen the original is gone, long dead and stuff like that. There's no, you can redo uh, it and Pennywise. This, I mean, this uh, Bill Sarsgaard is as good as any it you'll see. You know what I mean? It's it's fantastic. It's it's big big thumbs up. He he is fantastic. And also, I like to add that Tim Curry as Pennywise wasn't in the original uh, nineteen ninety version a lot. If yeah. you rewatch it, he wasn't in it very often. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they toss in Pennywise to this movie a lot more, I actually kind of like that because it's. I know people said it's it's too overdone. You see him way too much. It kind of diminishes the scary factor. Mm-hmm. Oh, there there's the clown again. I don't Whatever. see. I don't think I see him enough, man. Yeah. He should be in every one of these things, man. He's yeah. fantastic. He's it's really good. It's just, it, it's exceptionally good. You yeah, know? it is one of those things where he's like. I know people are going like like. Well, in Jaws, you hardly see the shark. That's why it makes it more scarier. Yeah. But I think this movie proves that you can make things scary and still show the monster quite often. And people never know what they're talking about because the only, the only reason why I didn't see the, the the shark in Jaws is because they kept breaking down and stuff. Well, that's true too. Yeah. That's true too. It's you know, really good. Yeah, and and the let's speak at the scary stuff. Like, one people's complaint is that it took too long for the kids to get together because there's too many people in the cast. Each one have to have their own scares or whatnot. And yeah, I can I can see the argument, but I gotta admit it moved by pretty fast. Yeah, that's another compliment. I'll I'll move on to this is this movie is two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah, but it moves at a really good clip. You know what I mean? It covers a lot of territory at a really nice pace, but at the same time. It doesn't. Nothing really feels that rushed. You know what I mean? Right. It, what 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 a nice job this director did was uh, they show moments of horror, obviously, but there's also real moments of real that really captures the, the sense of being young and stuff like that. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. There's that there's that sweet scene between the Amy Adams character nah. and, and the fat kid it's and stuff. Bev like, and and uh, Brad and the fat kid Brad? and stuff like that. And that scene where she takes his 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 yearbook. And to sign it and realize and sees there's nobody nobody signs it because he's like the new kid he's he's alone. It's very touching. It's very moving and it captures something about childhood that reminds me of my own childhood. You know what I mean? Like you know being alone and stuff. And also the references to new kids on the block. There's there's there's, there's, that, there's that scene where the, yes. the fat, yeah the fat kid like writes a a, a a a a love note to the girl, but a secret admirer note, but she he doesn't have the balls to sign it and stuff. And there's miscommunication between the, the, the two characters. All that stuff is wonderful. You know what I mean? It's it captures a real sense of and the sincerity too. You know what I mean? It's it captures a real sense of uh, of youth and stuff like that. It, it, the way it balances that and the horror is fantastic. And I'm gonna take this time to uh, take a shot at uh, Book of Henry and uh, Tra- Colin Tra- Trevorrow. Oh come on! There, there's another movie where they try to balance two different things, like this assassin movie and also coming of age and also death and stuff like that. And because he's not a, he's not very good at uh, at directing, he he's not able to juggle those two things. And this guy, uh, Andrew Michelli, Mich- Michelli. He's M- able Michelli, to do right? Michelli and stuff. He's European, I think, but he's able to do it because he's a. It's done really well. He it jumps between these two genres really deftly and really skilled. It's fantastic, is what I'm saying. Well, you covered kind of like jumping multiple different topics here, mm-hmm. but yes, I do like that the fact that this is a coming of age story as well as a story that emulates youth. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly, it is mostly from a boy's perspective. Sure. There, there is one girl, and you get that perspective, but it's mostly from a boy's perspective. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what girls think about this movie, even though I believe 51% of the, fe- of the audience was female for mm-hmm. this movie, actually. But um, as a, when I was a young boy, it, it was kind of like I didn't really go around like, like making dams or whatever, but it 
did capture the spirit of like finding kindred souls, kindred right. like boyhood friends kind of thing. And it, it really does a really good job. And one thing that, that always occurs in that kind of group is you're always like teasing each other. Yeah. And I'm like the fact that they kind of covered that in this movie. Yeah. Especially yeah. about uh, the kid from Stranger Things. He's teasing them about sort of like uh, penises, vaginas, and stuff like that, sexuality. Things he doesn't quite understand yet, you know what I mean? He's just barely trying to understand the concept of sex and sexuality and stuff like that. But he, it, it's something that probably scares him, frightens him, and all, all of them and stuff like that. But he, he, but he uses that through humor and stuff, you know what I mean? And that, to me, is also very relatable, too, you know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's really well done. That part is really well done. Now, the jokes they use for New Kids on the Block, I believe uh, Bev was like, oh, hang tough, Ben, yeah. kind of thing. And then, and then the other guy was, I forgot what his joke was. Yeah, there was a, there was a it callback. Was a, it was a callback to another song. Yeah, there's two callbacks. One was the poster in the room, and there's there another one towards the end. I, I forgot what it was, though. It was like towards the end. I forgot what it was, but it's really good. Yeah, it is really, really good. But then, there, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. There are some, you spoke of some criticism. One criticism, they, they, they also speak of criticism and female. They do wonder why the, the, the female had to be the damsel in distress at the end, which I, which I can see that point. Yeah, I can see the point too, but I, yeah. also, I also concede that, that there's a reason why. There actually is a reason why uh, they had that. Because, um, did, you, did you read the book? I. I don't know. I, I, I was thinking about this. I don't know if I remember. I know I, I read a bunch of Stephen King's ones. I don't know if I remember reading this one. I know stuff about it, but I don't know if I actually read it. What about you? Okay. The, the, thing, the thing about the, the book is that towards the end, there, there is a scene where, where all the kids kind of rally around Bev. Because Bev is kind of like, like, I guess, the mother figure of the group as well as the focal point of, of the kids from adulthood, uh, from childhood to adulthood. Because, you know, they're going to hit puberty, and there's, there's Bev right there. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the, the 1990s series, uh, Bev, they rallied around Bev because she was the sharpshooter. She knew, she knew how to use the, uh, oh, the, the slingshot right. really well. Yeah. So they rallied around her, and ba- they basically she led the charge for them to go back to the sewer. Right. In, in, in the books, uh, it was another situation where the kids felt like they were falling apart, and they didn't, want, they didn't trust each other anymore, and Bev rallied them through a certain means. Um, I'm going to save what that is until the after credits because depending on who you are as a person, it might really cloud your opinion about the, the characters in the, in the movie. So I'm going to save it for the after credits. And I really am. Okay. Now in the movie, the way I see it is that same thing, exact thing. If you look, if you look at the way the narrative is, is played out, the kids, uh, Bill was like, like, okay, we got to go, go fight it, right? And everybody's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to die. Which is a completely believable situation yeah. if you're like a 10, 11, or 12-year-old kid, right? Like, I don't, I'm not going to die. And they all went their separate ways, right? And the only the reason why they went back together was because they needed to rescue Bev, mm-hmm. right? So I think even though it is like a, like a silly plot trope that, oh, they're going to rescue the kid. I'm still in distress again. But the point is, is that they really did like uh, face their, their childhood to adulthood by, by, by jo- joining together to save Bev. Because if you look at all their montage sequence... Um, the the Jewish kid, you know, he did the he did his his mitzvah, mm-hmm. right? And then um, what's this? What else? Uh, Edward, Eddie, uh, uh, talked back against his mom. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Yeah. So and the other the black kid went back to shooting. Uh, the black kid was yeah he was was now willing to be able to shoot uh, a lamb because he's dead inside. Right. Now. So basically, this is all like like from childhood to adulthood. They're they're, they're crossing over to adulthood. And it culminates with them having to save Bev. Speaking mm-hmm. of Bev, she fought back against her dad. Yeah, you know. So, so this is this is their childhood, really, literally, um, uh, going away. And they had to they had to start 
putting their first step into adulthood by doing all this action. So I think that's the reason why they wrote it this way. I wouldn't have done it this way. I wouldn't have. Yeah. But this is how they did it. So I, I, think, we, I think they all realize this is how they did it. <laughs> it is I, how they did it. Yeah, it, it is what it is. That's as useful as, as it is what it is. I, my only kind of defense for and it's not, maybe it's even a weak defense, they don't hang on the fact that she's a damsel in distress that, that much. They don't. The they don't. Yeah. It, it's one of the things where Pennywise grabs her. She, I think Pennywise uh, tries to use her as a, 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 a thing to rally yeah, all the kids to down there. And then he's, he's going to save these seven kids for him to go, to go into hibernation. He'll eat these kids and stuff like that and all that stuff. And then, but the thing, and then she floats in the air and stuff like that. And, but the thing is, like I said, I don't think they hang on the fact that she's a damsel in distress that often. It's just thing, it's a thing where it's like when Coulson died. It's, it's the thing that get the Avengers together and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. Spoilers to Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I do, I, just speaking of that scene, and like I said, if, if, if you're a lady and you, you, your argument is that's kind of sexist, why couldn't they just be uh, Billy or some other kid that gets captured, you know what I mean? That could have just as easily rallied the kids. I don't really have that big of a defense for it. I mean, like I said, it's, uh, yeah, if you want to knock a point off of the movie for that, go ahead. The only thing, other thing I liked about that scene when she, speaking of the scene, because uh, she's like, uh, she's uh, paralyzed, she's floating in the air. She, they, they grab her and they pull her down. And the thing that wakes her up is the, the fat kid giving her a kiss. Ben. And then people, I don't, uh, fat kid's funnier. And then they, they're like, oh, that's stupid. That's going to be silly. That's not going to work. So he, but he does it and it wakes her up. And I like that only because if, in the middle of all this horror, in the middle of all this gore and uh, kids getting killed and you know being used as hi- food for hibernation, there's, there's still a sense of that fairy tale magic in the air. You know what I mean? In the middle of all this. I, I, I like that. I like that right. quite a bit. It, it, it is almost like that, that even though they're crossing over to adulthood, there's still a childlike fantasy thing where yeah. he was, she was Sleeping Beauty, he was Prince Charming, mm-hmm. waking her up. I get yeah. that. And they get to do a callback to the poem where she acknowledges that he's the one that, that wrote the poem. Yeah. You know, did you like that, that love triangle? I know it, it covers, it's in the book, and it's in the miniseries as mm-hmm. well. Although the miniseries not as much, but in this one... I thought it was fine for what yeah. it was. Yeah, I thought fa- fine for what it was. <laughs> I, like, I thought it was more believable, actually. Yeah. You know, like if you're like a group of boys and there's like one girl, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, you're in puberty. Yeah. Those those thoughts come into your head. And then, oh, speak, oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Go. Sorry, speaking of puberty, I like the fact that they didn't shy away from her. Even though the actress was like 13, 14, and she's 13, 14, they didn't, uh, they didn't shy away from her sexuality and stuff like that. It's her, com- uh, her, it's her coming to adulthood as well, you know what I mean? The way she uses sexuality, the way it's used against her and stuff like that, the way it go, kind of goes both ways and stuff like that. Right. It's, I thought it was, the fact that uh, she kind of knew uh, the pharmacist uh, would be kind of into the idea of her kind of flirting with him, hurting with her and stuff like that. And you know what I mean? And, and, uh, she's also the victim, but she also, she slowly uh, it claims that, uh, you know what I mean? That she captures it as well too, you know what I mean? I, I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. and also the, um, the dad, Mm-hmm. The dad, the the, the, the skeevy dad. You know, I, I mean, the movie really like doesn't cross the line in saying whether he did or did not mm-hmm. abuse her. Um, but I, yeah. But, but again, I think this. I don't think they have to make it so black and white because, like I said, it's a sense of atmosphere, the sense of dread, it's the sense of tension, and and, and the fact that the par- adult is again is is against you is a horror, is a is a villain, is an enemy. Versus you know what I mean? It's, like I said, I don't think that. Even though I, I obviously think she's being abused, I don't think the literal act of the abuse needs to be spoken out loud in, in a movie like this. You know what I mean? It's the s- sense, it's the dread that, that, that matters and stuff like that. But, but speaking of scary scenes mm-hmm. where, where um, there they, are two, two scary scenes that actually like I thought was my favorite of all of them. Top Notch. Was mm-hmm. the one in the projector. 
Mm-hmm. I, like, I like the way that's set up. And I thought the one, the one that's actually generally scary was the one scene where the dad was, was, was about to look like assault her. Yeah. That was, I thought, really like, it, it was kind of like out of tone with the rest of the movie because it felt so real. Mm-hmm. That one was like, oh my God, are they really going that direction? It mm-hmm. felt so dark and mm-hmm. unsettling. And yeah, it's just, it, yeah, I'm just glad it didn't cross the line. Mm-hmm. That's about that, that to me. But what's what for you? What would be your, like, your favorite? I, I really do like that projector scene. I okay. think that's top notch and stuff like that. That's, that's a really classic scene. Uh, what else? Well, what would come in second or third place? Well, I mean, Georgie talking, Georgie talking to Pennywise in the sewer, that yeah. was that was unsettling. Also, yeah. <laughs> anytime you have a, 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 a clown in a sewer in a rainstorm saying Georgie to a little kid, it's always scary. Oh, I just had it too in my head. Uh, what, what scene that? I, I do like the scene where the the kid, the kid from Stranger Things, uh, he goes into the room and he sees a room full of clowns and stuff like that. That's freakish, based on the fact that it's like of. Big, and one of the clowns kind of turned his head slowly as walking by. That's pretty freaky and stuff like that. It is, yeah. Mm. Uh, for me, the other, the other one I would like to point out is the Jewish kid mm-hmm. who, who walks into the room and there's a scary-looking painting. Because, you know, I've seen, I've seen paintings that are supposed to be innocuous, but mm-hmm. they actually, for, for a kid, they're freaky as hell. Right? And you're like, I'm not going to yeah. look at that. That's going to give me nightmares. And for him, that's what exactly cost him the nightmares. Because uh, these last two scenes, I think, speaks to the inventiveness of the director and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because we mentioned earlier, this movie looks like it's 30... I mean, it looks like it's 90, $100 million. But it's scenes like that that we realize how smart this, the director is. Because that special effect is just the painting, right? With the figure in it, and then it's gone. And that in itself, it's, it's, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Right. And then you're going like, well, it has to go somewhere. Where is it? Where the hell is it? What the hell is the baby? Where's this thing? And then the room with, with the dolls, it's just a room full of dolls. And right. that just relies on the direction, the lighting, you know what I mean? The, the set design, the acting and stuff like that. It looks like a million dollars. It looks like these are million dollar ideas, but on a very micro, manageable $35 million budget. So it's fantastic. It's, it's just fantastic. I can't speak... Uh, highly, more highly of this movie. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a terrific movie. But like, like we know, it has its flaws. I mean, yes, the plot tropes are there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the whole thing with the Henry Bowers, the bully, I think it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it ended with him, last we saw was he was in a car, right? Looking, looking outside from the house. What happened to the kid? No, the one with the, the, he got in a fight with the black kid and he fell down the wall. That's wall. right. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. Well, yeah. that's like a five-minute section you, you blocked out. Well, uh, I, guess, yeah. I guess so. Pennywise got you. <laughs> oh, my God, you've been possessed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... But in the, in the miniseries, uh, he actually... Remember, he survives and he goes into the next chapter, into the adult. Yeah, he was... Uh, Does it look he, like in this one? He was in the Mental Institute, I believe. He, yeah, he got uh, blamed for it, right? And that's, he, yeah, he, 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 he claimed that he killed all the kids. Right, and he got the rogue hair with the white Speaking of all the kids. Okay, so they're all floating down. By the way, side, side note, I like the fact that they really are floating up there yes because you know like they float down here right yeah. and they actually are floating in the sky mm-hmm. but when when the kid goes oh they're floating down we don't see what happens next yeah. like okay and are they alive are they dead <laughs> yeah there's a, some assumptions i make I, I i assume they're like there's one of those they're like um they're like insects that get that get wrapped in like uh spider web and stuff like that he keeps a bunch of car and they're, they're just the bodies are there the skins are there but they've been slowly drained out like if they never rescued uh beth her soul beth. or her inside beth her soul her would have been like like sucked out you know what i mean she would have died eventually if she stayed right there. that's but my I, that's my assumption but i kind of like i mean the, the miniseries and and i believe the book also had that resolution where where the bully claimed to kill all those kids right. but in this one it's like Okay, the blue is not there, mm-hmm. and then the kids are just stuck in the sewer. I mean, yeah. 
what? <laughs> I know. What's the next thing? Do they go out and, and tell the company? But there's like 50 bodies in there. You guys want to go check out this? What's going I mean, on? I mean, our heroes kids came, yeah. our hero kids came out, and that's about yeah. it. Yeah, the, uh, it's my th- the th- issues I have is have to do with actually the black kid. I thought the black kid sh- his story should have been folded into the rest of the kids a lot earlier and stuff like that. Right, I agree with that. Yeah. It just seems kind of odd that he's kind of out in the pillar. For- I guess that's. I mean, he every- was the most token. Black yeah. kid. In the, so, yeah. Obviously, everybody needs a reason to be like an outsider. You know what I mean? Everybody has their thing. One's Jewish. One lost a kid. The black kid was homeschooled. I guess that's the reason why he's kind of outside. But I think just intrinsically being a, a, a black kid in America, I think it would have been enough. You know what I mean? He could just, he, they could have folded his story in there a lot sooner. And the only thing I, I didn't understand, maybe you can help me with this. The first bit of uh, dialogue you see with the black kid is with his grandfather or uncle or something like that. And he's telling him, you have to, def- you have to, decide your future where somebody else is going to decide it for you, right? And then that idea is called back when the, when the kids first go into the haunted house and they break up and he says something about that. How did, but how did those two ideas connect? Do you remember anything? No, I, I think it was just like a philosophical thing where, right. where if Pennywise is going to kill you, right. you know, it, oh, no, no, the, the bully. The bully was about to kill him. No, no, he was before literally... the, no, no, this is before the bully. The first time they went to the haunted house, right? Right. And they just barely escaped. And then they the group breaks apart, right? And then the black kid, his reason for uh, for leaving, he shouted something like, "My it's oh, it's like my what my uncle said. It's blah 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 blah." I just didn't. I don't know what the two things. How I, those two I things connected? Was, I, maybe it was him like thinking that he is the lamb. You know, if he if he faces Pennywise, he is gonna get killed. Okay. You know, I think it could be as simple as that. But the next the next scene after that is him shooting a lamb. Right, right. That, so, that's why I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And the yeah, only, but it, but the callback really is when 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 Henry was about to kill him, and he and he was able to escape. Right. See. Yeah. But see, that, like, again, that storyline or that character really, I felt, got the short shaft of the right, of the movie. Right. I mean, like to that. be fair, there was only maybe three or four of the kids that were really they were really focusing on mm-hmm. uh, Bill, Ben, and Bev. Mm-hmm. Who's the fourth one? Yeah, but I'm assuming for me, if you're doing an ensemble, we do an ensemble movie. I, you know, I just. I, I, like I said, in this, you shouldn't leave the black kid out. I, I mean, even Stan. Even yeah. Stan didn't really get much of screen time. You know, he, oh, the Jewish kid? The Jewish kid. Uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't get much. Um, uh, Richie probably had more just because of the jokes. Yeah. You know, and then, and then even, um, who, am I, who am I missing? See, the who hypo, am I missing? The hypochondriac? Eddie. Eddie. Eddie had a little bit more than Richie. I, I guess if you go by, by, by uh, screen time, it is Bill, Bev, Ben, Eddie, yeah. Richie, and then... And then Stan, and then Mike. Yeah, I'm, think, surprised, I I'm, I'm just impressed yeah. you know all the names. I just know their ethnicities and their character traits and stuff like that. It's very <laughs> impressive. But so that part I had pro- problem with. And then when they and when they did break apart after the first encounter, excuse me, in the haunted uh, haunted uh, house, there was a uh, there's a skip, a, a little skip from uh, July to August, right? And I just I just thought it never it lost a little bit of momentum. It just kind of got. It just got kind of it weird. It felt after. like the next day. Yeah. For me, it of, felt like it was either a day later or two days later, and then they joined forces again. Right. It kept kind of, it seemed just, it just didn't reconnect, or it lost a little bit of momentum there. Like I said, it just, one had the, you're right about the Jewish kid having the thing, so they're going, entering into adulthood and all that stuff. And at some, but when you meet up with them again, it seemed like um, Bill was going to meet up with the, with, the, with the girl for something, right? But you never know what it was. She was late to that meeting, right? That's, when he, that's why he went to her, ha- her apartment, right? The, the impression I got was they, the both of them were just going to 
take care of Pennywise themselves. Right, but why like a few weeks later? Do they, do they? I don't know. See, that's the thing. Yeah. That's that's the only that's the only kind of problem I had. Uh, those are kind of story problems I had. One minor point where it's like a cinema sin kind of a thing is the it's the one where Bill talks to his dad early in the beginning, and his and he and Bill's uh, the father's upset with Bill because he's out there trying to find his brother again. And you know, you remember the reason why he his dad uh, thinks that because he, he took the he took the map. He hit the map, and then what else? I, the hamster thing. The hamster maze. Oh, the hamster thing. He, he laid that, it. That was a joke, though, right? I don't think it's a joke. I think it's really sincere. I don't know why Bill was surprised. Like, Dad, how'd you find out about this? How did you know? Yeah, you laid out that damn hamster maze. What do you, what do you think? This is, this is like, a, like this giant hamster, Lego-sized kind of a hamster maze with a, with a map. Of course he's going to find it. He laid it out in the garage, too. It's like he hit it. Right? Like, but it, it was a funny joke, though, because now he's like, okay, you get to have your tunnels back, and then show the little hamster. Oh, that, that part is a joke. But the fact... But him putting the idea together or him going out or not wanting your dad to find out about it, that's supposed to be taken seriously. You know what I mean? No, so, but I, I, th- I don't think he didn't want his dad to find out. I think because I, when he showed up, he was like, okay, well, here's how it's going to play out. I thought, it was, I thought his dad kept saying, I've, I've told you this before. I don't want you to do this. I think like he's been warned multiple times about right. this, this. But I, I don't think he was hiding the fact that he's still doing sure? it anyway. <laughs> Because yeah. okay. even he said like 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 if you're gonna borrow if you're gonna get in, t- take anything from my from my office ask me <laughs> really you know it's that kind of I I really think it was more of a, a recurring thing where uh-huh. oh here he is again trying to find his brother but then the kid's like stupid then if you don't want your dad to be upset or you're not gonna hide what, why would you put this because right in the garage Bill is that upset he's that upset with with what happened <laughs> with Georgie oh oh and what else was there. I think that's all the kind of. I mean, we mentioned yeah. The, 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 what else was there? Though? Well, I mean, the other, the other narrative problem I have is like when when Bev first met Ben, um, it was already assumed that the bullies were after Ben, but we don't really knew why in that regards. If you if you see the '90s series and the book, you know why. But in the movie itself, they, the first time you introduce Ben, he was already afraid afraid of the bully, and you don't know really why. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's that. Wow, I'm guessing there's probably some deleted scenes that, that are left kid, out because he's yeah. a little chubby. You know, and to be fair, also at least he was actually chubby in this one because in the '90s version he was big, but he wasn't like he looked like a football player more <laughs> than he did a fat kid. He's a big dude. This, this one, one he was a fat kid. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's a big kid, man. He's a big kid. Uh, what else? Uh, what else was there as far as flaws? To be honest, there's not that there's not that much there's not that much there's not that many of them. Uh, but, but, yeah, but, but I, I gotta give kudos again to uh, to Sophie. Such, such, such thing. The, play, the girl played Bev. Amy Adams. Amy, yeah, young Amy Adams. Jessica Chastain. Ch- Ch- I Ch- thought she was really good She's in the movie. She's uh, out of all the uh, cast besides Bill, is um, well, not besides Bill the character, but Bill uh, Skarsgård as Pennywise. She is the standout out of all the kids. She's definitely the standout. I bet you uh, other Hollywood studios are trying to get her now into their projects really after this movie. She yeah. was really good. She had to direct. She had to act in very uncomfortable scenes. What I right. imagine be very uncomfortable scenes. And she handled herself really well and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I would go Bill Skarsgård, the lady you mentioned. Uh, I like the cop, uh, hypo, hypochondriac. He's really good. He's really funny. And the kid from uh, Stranger Things. He's. I mean, all of them were great. <laughs> the kid from Stranger. I know, and I saw him like, wait a minute, that's the kid from Stranger Things. And that guy's hitting puberty hard too, by the way, man. He's hitting it like a like a. Like a like a like a hurricane into Florida. Man. Do, you, do you remember the actor who played uh, Richie when the young version of Richie in the nineteen ninety version? Oh, it's the J- Jason Ritter. No, no, no. Oh, uh, there was a, there was a Ritter, but it wasn't he wasn't that role. I forgot. Seth oh, Green. No. Oh, the guy who uh, Seth Green. Oh, Seth Green. Okay. Yeah, Seth Green played Richie in the original one. So so his his brand of comedy was more like sarcastic kind of comedy. Yeah. This one he was just blatantly your mom. 
Yeah. Your mom, penis jokes, sex life. Which, sex to be jokes. fair, Ali is more believable for a kid that age to be making those kind of jokes. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I really it, like that. Yeah. It, it captures that. It captures that kind of humor in the '90s. They would be making dick and fart jokes, yeah. like really kind of. Even when, even in scary situations, kids will likely make jokes. Yeah, and also keep yeah. in mind this is also the '90s. It's also East, uh, well, East '80s, Co- late '80s. Yeah. You know, uh, East Coast. This is the era of Howard Stern and stuff like that. I'm sure these kids are looking at Howard Stern and stuff like that with these dick and fart jokes and stuff. It's really it, it it's it's fantastic. And do you remember the other kid that was also in the original it? The kid that uh, the kid that was in S S the the submarine movie with the submarine TV show, oh. submarine TV show the one that Spielberg produced oh, Deep Six Deep. oh Deep Space Nine uh, John, Jonathan Brandon yeah. or something like that the guy who he played he played Bill right. in, in the original one he committed suicide yeah he passed away oh, oh okay those are the two famous kids from that from that show is what, is what I remember and stuff like that. Yeah, well, Annette O'Toole, who became the mom in Smallville, right? She played the older version, and like you said, John, John Ritter, John, Jack, John. John. I think John Ritter, right? Yeah, I think yeah. Jack is his name in Tris Company, right? But uh, yeah, John Ritter was the older version of Ben, mm-hmm. uh, and then the other characters I'm not familiar. with. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those. Oh, uh, Harry Henderson. Harry yes. Henderson played Richie from Night Court. From Night Court. Yeah. Yes, yes. All uh, I think, uh, especially the adults, they're, they're much. They're all character actors you rec- recognize yeah. them. So, so besides Amy Adams and and Jessica Chastain as the older version of Bev. Who 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 would you say would play Bill or Richie? I have a great answer for the Jewish kid. Oh, okay, go on. Do you know who? Do you, do you, first of all, do you recognize the kid actor? Actor? No, I don't actually. He's Peter Quill. So he sh- who should play <laughs> him? Peter Quill. <laughs> That's Peter Quill. That's Peter Quill. So you know who should play him? Uh, uh, Chris Pratt. Okay, I'm sorry, but Chris Pratt probably looks more like an older Ben. Yeah. Because Ben know. is supposed to lose the fat and he's supposed to look a hunky and, right? and he's not Jewish. Yeah. So <laughs> it, I, I think Chris, Chris Pratt would be good for an older Ben. Actually, the, 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 the character, the, the actor that played Ben, the fat kid, he, he, they, they asked him on some uh, TV shows, like in an interview, like, oh, who should play you in the, in, in the, in the adult version? He said, oh, Chris Pratt. Because just like, just like Chris, Chris Pratt, my character in the book and in the miniseries loses a lot, a lot of right. weight and becomes all a chiseled and stuff. Yeah, like and that. him too, because of uh, Parks, Parks and Rex. Yeah, you know, and, and then and then to Guardians. I yeah. said I said Chris Pratt for Jewish just because it's, it'd be it'd be a killer. It'd be a killer. It, it would be a funny. It would joke. be killer. Yeah. Oh, it'd be bad, badass. Yeah. Who oh, be the funny kid though? The rich Richie. Who will be the older good older Richie? Oh, you know who? Again, going back to this interview. What Seth Green? <laughs> Not no, Seth, Green. I, uh, Seth uh, Rogen. <laughs> you know who that, the kid liked? The kid actually liked uh, Jonathan Jonathan Joseph, uh, Jonathan uh, Jonathan Gordon Levitt. He, that's what he meant. Uh, I think John he still he still looks too young for his age. I think he's like 35, 60. Yeah, uh, but he still looks too young for his age, though. They need to cast somebody uh, who, who be, will be believable late 30s, early 40s. Late 30s, yeah. who, would you, who would you cast? Who would you, do you have some ideas? I think the kid, uh, the black kid would be... But uh, I didn't know there was an interview where they asked them who they thought they should be in the older one. Mm-hmm. So what, what else did the other characters uh, say? Oh, not, not the entire cast was interviewed. Oh, okay. okay yeah, okay, only yeah. like three or four. The ones I mentioned, yeah. They were interviewed. I would go with the black kid. I think I would go with uh, Howard Mackey. I think Howard Mackey would do a good job as that, as that character. Oh, sure. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's solid. Age appropriate. Obviously, Jessica Chastain or Amy Adams. I think Amy Adams for the, for the little girl. Uh, who else we got? No. But if, the funny thing enough, we're we're like casting like like Hollywood looking stars, mm-hmm. and the one thing I do that I didn't appreciate about the nineties nineties version is that all the older versions they look like normal people. Yeah, and I think it's good to kind of choose normal people if they want to try to go for the inconspicuous like actors thing. Well, for this, a couple of things are going to happen right now. They're going to have to decide when they make this the sequence of are they going to because it, because of the big hit and stuff is it, are they going to increase the budget and and cast big name actors or are they going to rely on the director, the cinematographer, you know what I mean? That 
to carry the movie, the sequel and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Honestly, they may as, as, well, just, they may as well just stick with the same uh, uh, directing team mm-hmm. because... In all honesty, the, the, the chapter two is going to be a repeat of the first one. Because yeah. each adult had their own scary scenes. They introduced them, mm-hmm. introduced an adult scary scene, and then them getting together, and then them fighting it. So it's a very much the same yeah. plot line like the first movie. And if, if, in my opinion, the, the adult stuff will actually be harder because it's not, not as compelling as seeing kids taking on a, a monster. You know well, what I mean, I mean it's, what, what it's going to be think, less interesting. What I think that would be interesting is if they really went the opposite of this one, because this one is coming of age, a lot of childhood themes. Well, the sequel, maybe they should tackle very adult themes. They really go the opposite. They make it really a rated R movie in, in the sequel. They could go that direction. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Like I said, they have to, they have to, they definitely look like the, the director's coming back. The director said he's coming back. He'll come back to do this before they, he does Robotech and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah I kind of want to watch his previous work now too. Ma- the Mama. Yeah. It's, it's only, this is only like his only, his really his second movie. Yeah. It's only his second movie. It's kind of like Colin Trevorrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Indie film to big to big movie. But the thing is, he's smarter than Colin Trevorrow. This oh, thing. yeah. I, can, I not, can see that. Because sure. this is not a big, this is not a big budget movie. He went from a small movie to a like, low-end, medium-sized movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's only It's a high-profile movie, though. It is high-profile, but $35 million, you, 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 you get a lot of independence for $35 million. You know what I mean? You don't get a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of notes, a lot of things with uh, $35 million. It's really good. I, I, I want to mention a couple more things about the director. There's, there's, there's a couple of scenes where he, he um, it's just like really simple stuff that, that, that makes his, his direction really good. There's a scene where um, uh, Amy Adams, uh, uh, the blood comes out of the sink, the period blood comes out, her, right, her dad right, can see right. it, and she needs help cleaning it. And the scene starts with her on top of the fire escape, and then she, she sees the, the kid, the other kid's coming on bikes. But instead of like cutting it to her seeing the kids and all that stuff and cutting it together, it's a it's a simple tracking shot from her from the top of the the fire escape to the bottom and stuff. It's just like little things like that gets you gives you a sense of place, you know what I mean? And and time, it's really good. It's like smart decisions like that that makes this director really really talented and stuff. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Really, really good movie. I, I honestly. I think it is a better adaptation than the nineties nineties version. Oh, by Because yeah. seriously, people, if if you if you still think that was a better version, rewatch it. It's really not. Rewatch you it. Yes, sit through it. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's, even with Tim Curry, I don't think you sit through the 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 nineties. And like I said, Tim Curry wasn't in that movie as much as you think it is. Yeah. He is, you know. So yeah, uh, really good, really impressive. It's also another case of remakes isn't automat isn't automatically a bad thing. Remakes can be good. So here's a here's a good case of it. In fact, in future discussions about people complaining about remakes, I'm just gonna point to it. Like, well, look at it. It's, it's big thumbs up. I think it's a. A A minus type of movie, yeah. definitely top ten movie of the year. Yeah, and and I, we would like to remind people also that that yes, it's not scary in a sense that it's gonna be nightmarish or keep you up at night. However, don't use that as as to to dis, to discredit the movie as being good or bad. It doesn't. You don't have to be completely scary to be good, and it can be not scary and still be good. Yeah, scary whether you're scared, whether you're tense. Those are general feelings and emotions which is which is fine it's important and stuff but it doesn't really capture the spirit of the movie that's the, the story that's trying to tell you and stuff like that that's more important you know what i mean yeah yeah so because and we say this because i've seen people online say like oh i'm disappointed it wasn't scary at all yeah that's not the barometer for what makes a good or bad movie it's a fantastic like if you take out all the scary stuff it's a fantastic coming of age story and stuff like that you know what i mean like exactly. i said those scenes between the two kids the kids trying to figure out life and love and all that stuff and where they are and where they're going and stuff. It's, it's beautiful and stuff. It's really touching. It's really good. Exactly. And on that note, 
Thanks for listening. My name is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert5x5. You can find me on my I Saw the Movie blog for my non-spoilers movie review, on my comic strip at the Coco Mix Mix section of the website, on the other podcasts, The Stuff and Junk Show, which we are going to be talking about things you can do when you are stuck at home, <laughs> like, like in a hurricane. Uh, and Pornhub. That's my one contribution. <laughs> Pornhub.com. Oh, and my pl- oh, speaking of my plugs, uh, J-I-A-M-I-N-G-L-I-O-U is my first and last name, and that, that gets you to my Twitter account. You can send comments to whowhatwhereswhy at gmail.com via our Facebook page or through the website. If you want to show your support, uh, just visit whowhatwhereswhy.com slash support to find out how. Music has been provided by DYAxis. Find them at theyaxis.com. All the links and information can be found at whowhatwhereswhy.com as well as the show notes. All right. So for, for the after credits, I alluded to this earlier in the discussion. Um, the reason why I want to leave it after the credits because I want to give you the option to turn this off if you don't want to hear this because... For some people, this really clouds their opinion about the characters in the movie because of what happens in the book with these characters. And that is, at the very end... Now, but the thing is, how would people know whether they should tune in or, out, tune, tune in or not? Well, I'm saying, if you, th- if you think there's a risk that, that this might alter your perspective of the characters, turn this off. If you don't care and you want to you challenge yourself to see if it will matter, keep listening. Sure. All right, it should, it should be relatively quick. Um, in the books, what happened was... <laughs> no, after- as quick as that orgy scene. Am I, am I right, guys? Oh, oh look at you. Look at you <laughs> jumping the gun here. But in the books, after they f- defeat it, they actually get trapped in the sewers and they don't know how to escape. And what happened is they started infighting. Like right. the, the group literally is falling apart in the sewers. In the movie, uh, we, that happened before they got to the sewers, as we talked about in the discussion. So, But in the books, it happened after they defeat it. And the solution for that came up with Bev. Bev started stripping... Mm-hmm. and asked each one of them to have sex with her. Mm-hmm. And that was supposed to be their way uh, of reconnecting with each other. And, yeah. and it thematically is their transition from childhood to adulthood. Yeah, it is. As, to, as Stephen King has described. Oh, it's so relatable too. Haven't we always... Okay, who hasn't been trapped in a sewer with a bunch of your friends after finding an interdimensional uh, space alien and just feeling lost and alone and then reconnecting with an orgy? Oh, so yeah. relatable. It, it's it's bizarre. It's I, I I think if Stephen King wrote it today, he would not do it yeah, this way. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the thing is though is that it's it's like saying like oh you're you're having a fight. Let's have sex to make up. No. You know and that was a kind of a thing. And it, no, guess, it's kind of like you're having a fight and le- then you say you know what let's fuck the car to make up and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because it's because it's not just that they're fighting, but it's the situation that they're in. You know what I mean? It's the fact that they're in a sewer and something. They're they're after finding the international mention. This is also after they they realize it's a multi. I, I, I know some things about the book. That scene takes place like you know after they fight Pennywise, which is like a alien, and then they, there's also a talking turtle at some point in the scene. So That's true. Of, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. some weird stuff that happens in it. You know what I mean? So in in the book. Yeah, yeah the, in book. the book. I'm sorry, the book. And a lot of people say the movie like follows the book closely. No, there's no, a bunch really. of stuff in the book that, that the movie still doesn't cover. And the, the narrative is still different because the book interspaces between uh, adult and kids and blah, 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 blah. Which, which, which leads to a large point. Sometimes Stephen King, God bless him. He's a, he's a fantastic writer. I love him. Sometimes he's batshit crazy. You know what I mean? He's just bananas sometimes. It's, you know, this is one of those cases. He's yeah. Just, he's this is weird. This is a child orgy. Yeah, it's an orgy for little kids. It's, it's like it's like questions come up. Okay, so they took turns. Uh, what were the other kids doing? Were they just watching, yeah. or or supposedly it was like really dark? They couldn't see each other. Now, what if the kid? What if the girl said no to the black kid? What if that happens? What if that gets? What if, what if that? What if that car? What if that? What if that happens, man? That's weird. I, it's just <laughs> who, bizarre. And who I mean, goes last? Who wants then, to be? The, who wants to be? The and then last if it, if there? you think about it, in in the in the in the movie in this. 
2017 version, yeah. in the beginning, she was she was supposed to be getting slut shamed, mm-hmm. you know, and and her her dad is like uh, probably sexually abusing her mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then in the book, this is the this is the answer to that is that she's gonna have sex with yeah. her friends. I mean, it's so bizarre, Stephen King. What the heck, man? Yeah, he's, he's he's like I said, sometimes Stephen King, God bless him, he's banana sometimes. And this also speaks to a larger point of people who go, oh. This was in the book. This was in the book. I see this movie, but why wasn't this from the book included? Some. This is why it's called adaptation, man. Sometimes a book isn't the holy grail, holy bible, and stuff like that. Something. Sometimes things should be edited out. You know what I mean? It should be. Even in the book, it should be edited out. And you know, it's one of those things where, like I said, for, just, I'm talking about adaptation now. As long as you capture the spirit and the theme of a book, that's all that really matters. All the things. All the things. Things from a book that captures the theme of the book and the spirit of the book should make it into the movie. All these little subplots, all these like small things, should not. Like in this instance, I don't know what thematically it's going for for it in the book where they're having orgy and stuff like that. But that can be captured in different ways, and they did did that in the movie and stuff like that. You know right I mean? in the movie, they went for the stereotypical save save the female plot trope. Yeah, yeah. As and opposed I'll, to like have sex with the female plot trope. And also, just going back to another point where we mentioned in the book. Uh, there's a talking turtle. There's extra dimensions and stuff like that. How does those? There was do, a homosexual murder. Yeah, was a homosexual. How do these sort of things fit into the overall theme and message of uh, of the book adapting into a movie? It, it doesn't. So those things should be eliminated and stuff like that. So yeah, See, yeah, so exactly. Hom- there's a homosexual murder in the book, really. Yeah, it opens up with that. Really? Does it? Yeah. Really? There, there, there's there's uh, two rednecky people who kill a homosexual couple. Uh, and then Pennywise was was there to to eat the couple or the person or whatever. I thought Pennywise. And there was a whole like court scene drama about really? that and all that stuff. Blah, blah, Did blah, you read blah. the book? A uh, long, long time ago. Oh, okay, a long, long time ago. But I thought uh, Pennywise only ate uh, little kids. Nah, I, I could have swear. Well, that's the thing though. I, I think in the terms of narrative, it's a lot more. You know, it works better that way. Mm-hmm. But in 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 the movie and even in the uh, in the book and even in the ninety ninety version, mm-hmm. Pennywise has killed adults. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, good. This this goes back to my point. If if a movie has a certain theme, it should just keep whatever scenes from the book that captures those themes. And this movie is a movie about coming of age, right? So. Right. Gay couples being murdered and a whole tro- uh, a whole, whole court case doesn't fit into that. Does not fit into that. Yeah. Or does it? No, or it doesn't. Does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Actually, no. Yeah, and like I said the reason why I wanted this for the after credits is because if you knew this plot thread, and a lot of people still don't. Okay, there's a lot of people who haven't read the book, uh, and I know nowadays people are going to the internet and go, "Oh, about that origin scene." I go, yeah. "What?" Right. But the thing is always that if you don't know anything about this, when you're watching the movie and you're watching the, the TV series or whatever, you don't have it in the back of your head. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna screw later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just bizarre because when I was watching the movie, knowing that fact, I'm like. Yeah, that's kind of uh, yeah, it's kind of awkward. This is a little bit of another tangent. Like I said, I'm a, I I don't read that much anymore. But I, back when I was, back in the day, I did read read some Stephen King. And my favorite bizarre Stephen King story is plot device or th- story is the one where the finger c- comes out of the sink. And the whole short story is, uh, of is the man versus a finger through the sink. You know, did you ever read that short story? No, no. It, he he cuts it off. He takes an electric uh, knife, cuts it off, but the finger keeps growing back. He can't he can't defeat the finger and stuff like that. And it's just a finger out of the sink. So what I'm saying is Stephen King is bizarre. He's a, he's a weird dude. Okay, well, and also Stephen King has is on the record has has said looking back on his career has and all the things that he's written. He he. If if I he said if you could take that back with the orgy and stuff he he would take that one back yeah 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 uh, I'll end it with another un- uncomfortable point speaking of speaking of scenes speaking of the book 
uh, I know in the movie it alludes there's a, there's a possible chance that the dad uh, sexually abused Bev. Yeah. In the book, I believe they were being specific that it did not happen. Oh. Um, what it was in the book was, <laughs> well, the, <laughs> the dad would check to make sure her hymen hasn't been broken yet. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And on that note, this has been another it's like a forest fire. I'm going to throw some right. fire on it. This has been another episode uh, of Spoilers, Please. Maybe we shouldn't release this episode. Which is part of the <laughs> Who What Wears Why Network. Yeah.